Listener Production. Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Should we go from the top again? Yes. Okay. Let's go from the top. All right. Third time lucky, everyone. We're going we're gonna to get it. <laughs> and remember to cheer. Remember to cheer in the background. When yes, I- <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. It's a lot, isn't it? I'm so, so, so excited for this conversation. I mean, I've had it before, to be fair, on TV, but I'm excited to have a longer time and a more in-depth kind of unedited, uncut conversation with this amazing human. Today we're talking to Angela White. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. We've got a live audience of two people in here, three people in here. (laughs) How are you going, you gorgeous thing? Oh, I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. Oh, babe, I'm, I can't wait. Now, you already were on my uh, pilot for Abby Chats where we spoke about uh, porn and then also people who are asexual. You were fabulous on that. I got Thank you. endless DMs saying how wonderful you are. And I was like, I know, we're friends. I know, <laughs> me, we're best friends, it's fine. Um, but for those of you who don't know, you are a porn superstar. I think in this show we described you as a Meryl Streep of porn, which is... Oh, Beautiful and iconic. But we also, you also have a degree in gender studies, a first class honours. So I'm so excited to speak to you about, I mean, porn, but also like intersections with feminism and and, and gender and, you know, patriarchy yes. as well. Because you're a genius. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I don't know about that, but thank you. But No, but you are. I, I mean, it, it's uh, everyone that I, I posted saying any questions to you on my Instagram stories and everyone was like, oh my God, no questions. I just love her. She's amazing. She's so smart and oh. so hot. And my best said, oh my God, she's so fucking hot. And I was like, I know, but she's also a genius. And she was like, I know, we love her. She's the best. So oh. I guess the first, the first thing we should probably uh, let the listeners know is how did you get into porn? Why did you get into porn? And then similarly, Gender studies, why did you decide to do it and how did you find it? So I wanted to get into porn from a very young age. Mm -hmm. In fact, from the moment I saw pornography, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I was 14 at the time, so obviously I had to wait until I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, The kind of backstory on that was that I was a very sexually curious child Mm -hmm. and an even more sexually curious teen. Mm -hmm. And when I explored my sexuality in high school, I was always criticised for the Mm -hmm. ways that I did that. So I was fucking men, I was called a slut when I was fucking women, I was criticised as a lesbian, Mm -hmm. you know, so it didn't matter how I explored my sexuality, it was always deemed as inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And pornography was the first place that I saw women being celebrated for exploring their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like there was no other media at the time that was showing, you know, empowered women Mm -hmm. enjoying their own bodies. And Mm -hmm. also my body type wasn't being represented in any kind of mainstream porn, uh, any any type of mainstream media. And Mm -hmm. pornography was actually Mm -hmm. the only form of entertainment where, you know, curvy women with big natural boobs were being shown mm-hmm. um, and celebrated for their bodies. So I decided that as soon as I saw pornography, I was like, oh, okay, this is the place I want to be. Mm-hmm. Waited till I was 18, contacted um, some companies that specialised in big natural boobs. Because mm-hmm. um, you have 32 double Gs, right? Yeah, it depends yeah. on the 
brand of bra, to be honest. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm a 34H, like whatever. They're big. Uh, they're, they're big. <laughs> they're definitely big and beautiful and they're amazing. Big. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. So you got Thank in contact you. with- I love them. They've been great. I mean, I mean, they're definitely, I mean, great personally and professionally. I'm sure they're fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. So then you were yeah. in porn. And then when did you decide to do your gender studies? So the gender studies actually came afterwards mm-hmm. and it was because, you know, it was these kind of anti-porn feminist arguments yes. that got me interested in mm-hmm. doing a degree in gender studies because mm-hmm. I wanted to understand more about like where these feelings were coming from. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a bit because I posted on my Instagram story this morning trying to think of, trying to get kind of you to rebut those anti-porn arguments. And mm. I posted saying, what if you have an issue with porn, what is it? And a lot of people just say mm. things like, my own insecurities. I'm like, boring, next. Um, that doesn't really, I don't need to just de- de- deconstruct your insecurities. But a big one that I saw that was um, an anti-porn uh, argument was that uh, it promotes violence against women and, sex, you know, sexualizes certain, I guess, like, quote-unquote, darker kinks. What are your views on that? Okay, so this is really interesting that people say that it sexualizes violence Mm -hmm. Um, because I I wouldn't categorize rough sex as violence Mm -hmm. because rough sex when it's consensual is not violence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that if it was not consensual, then that would be violent. But Mm -hmm. a lot of women like enjoy being spanked Mm -hmm. or cropped or Mm -hmm. choked or whatever it might Mm be. And when it's consensual between two consenting adults, I think it's uh, inappropriate to label that violence. I just think that it also misrepresents like the majority of pornography. Yeah, true actually. Like the majority of pornography isn't even rough. That's actually a very good point. I think that it's focusing on a little, maybe not a niche, but it kind of is a niche. It's a category. It's a category of porn, like rough and BDSM, that is usually in in real life when it's practiced correctly, involves a lot of consent and a lot of forethought and a lot of aftercare as well. Yeah, I guess you're right. A lot of porn isn't violent, is it? Yeah, and especially when you're working for companies like, for example, Kink, who do who specialise in BDSM, the consent forms that we go through to shoot for a company like that are extensive. Mm-hmm. And even now, like I'm a contract staff for Brazzers and mm-hmm. they, are, they do not specialise in BDSM or rough sex, but we have consent forms that are extremely extensive that go through all sorts of different sex acts and ask for consent and clarification on that. So for example, like when I get on set, we go through a list with the partners that we're going to be working through on the day Mm -hmm. and it's it's, it's all categorised and it's like, Mm -hmm. do you consent to object insertion Mm -hmm. in the mouth? In the vagina, in yep. the asshole. Do you consent to kissing? Do mm. you consent to nipple play? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like there's a box where it's like clarification, like how hard, soft, like. Oh. Um, do you consent to choking? Is it yes, no, and then clarification? Is it like mm-hmm. light choking, hair pulling? Like the mm-hmm. list, it's quite ex- extensive, and this mm-hmm. is for a company that doesn't specialize in like rough sex or BDSM, and mm-hmm. you know, and the same when I. I used to work for Kink. Mm-hmm. The list would even be longer than that. Can I yeah. ask actually on that? Like, mm-hmm. yes, definitely when there's consent, it's not violence. But I'll be the devil's advocate here and mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. what about representation of violence in general? Mm-hmm. So like the, the, mm-hmm. the media effect of this or, you know, as a medium, let's say like Pornhub. And if you've got mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, violent porn in there, even though we know that the actors are consenting to this, but the overall mm-hmm. image is you know, we've got a lot of misogyny in this world and Mm -hmm. obviously 
the actors themselves can't control all of that. But how does that interplay yeah. with the narrative of misogyny as a whole when, and violence towards women? I, I would be curious to ask. Well, firstly, I would again state that I think that rough sex or BDSM sex, like it, it's it's not the majority of what yeah. is created. Like I wouldn't say that, I think it's a misrepresentation of pornography to mm. be focusing on like rough sex and BDSM when yeah. most of the pornography that is created is just kind of like average sex, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Average sex, but maybe a little bit more athletic mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. and goes okay, yes. for a little longer. Okay. Yes. So I'm not saying there aren't differences, but I'm saying that most of the sex, even most of the sex that I that I shoot, there's no, there's not really any roughness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe apart from like a little bit of spanking or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I do think it's a misrepresentation that people are like, oh, what about the, what about rough sex? What about BDSM? I'd also say, yes, that is represented in porn. There is rough sex and there are, there is BDSM and let's not yuck anybody's yum. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's far more violence in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In mainstream movies, on the okay. news. I think that yeah, yeah, you're it's right. pretty unfair yeah. to look at porn and be like, oh, this is where all of our problems are coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a certain corner of porn that maybe is problematic. Would you say that... Amount. I guess. I guess the thing people often say is that like teenage boys are watching this and thinking that it's okay to just slap someone without consent. Um, yeah, and see, this is the thing. Like pornography is entertainment, where it's not sexual education. Of course, there are. Yeah. You know, there is some porn that's created specifically to be educational, but again, that's not the majority of porn. The majority mm. of porn is for entertainment purposes for adults. That's what it's for. It's for entertaining adults. It's not for children. It's not for teenagers. So it's not the job of pornography. It's not the job of the performers in pornography. It's not the job of the producers of pornography to educate children. That's the job of parents. That's the job of the education system. Thank you for saying that. Yes, Yes, that that is actually a very, very great rebuttal that (laughs) it isn't really up to porn performers to explain to children how a baby is made um, and how how consensual sex uh, exists. So if you were to speak to parents of children who they are worried about this, how would you say is the best way to approach it? Like, would you would you say ban them from watching porn altogether? Would you say speak to them about porn, have open conversation about porn? I saw an um, article recently about a mum who bought her 14-year-old uh, daughter a vibrator. Mm. Um, and even I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't have kids, but I never have kids, but I'm like, oh, it's an yeah. interesting, like, it's an awkward conversation to have, but it would be important, right? Obviously, I I don't have my own kids and I don't plan on having kids, so I'm not the best person to speak on this subject. But what I would say is that I think that age-appropriate porn literacy is important. And by that, I mean kids or teenagers need to be taught, whether it's by their parents or the education system, Mm. they need to be taught that that pornography is entertainment Mm -hmm. and it's not – it's just like that that same – argument about like you don't watch Fast and the Furious to learn how to drive. You don't watch yeah. porn to learn how to fuck. It's yeah. entertainment. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the thing is that like when when we're talking about mainstream movies, there's not this outcry of like, oh, you know, like the Fast and the Furious should be teaching young mm-hmm. teenagers how to drive. This is outrageous. No, it's entertainment. So I don't see why pornography is like 
got yeah. got this extra burden on it to to be educational when it's not it's not for teenagers it's not made for them totally um to go back to the question of, of how a parent should speak uh, obviously that's not it's not my place to say how they should i but i do think that it's important that conversations be had mm-hmm. about pornography and and about it being entertainment mm-hmm. Yeah. You said that you don't know why pornography has this extra lens, but do you have any theories as to why that pornography gets kind of picked on, for lack of a better term? I think that we just have a weird relationship with sex, mm-hmm. like in our culture in general. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. and, and and sex work as well gets lumped with a lot of things. I think yeah. that, you know, sex work transgresses, you know, the heteropatriarchal economy. Mm-hmm. And so it's already taboo and anyone who enters sex work is, is transgressing mm-hmm. the heteropatriarchy. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot surrounding sex that, you know, people feel uncomfortable just talking mm-hmm. about sex, just sex with their kids, let alone pornography. Yeah. So it's easier it's easier to blame porn than to say, oh, you know, maybe I need to have a conversation with yeah. my kids or maybe the education system is letting our kids down. Yeah. Or even like I myself as an adult need to get educated to be able to translate that education to my children because, like you said, it's very taboo. And most people don't even think about why they watch porn, why they consume the porn they do, why they do or don't have sex, why they, you know, why they have the the, the kinks or the interests they do. They just kind of uh, suppress it and don't speak about it with anyone, let alone their children or, or anyone else in their lives. So um, enough about fucking early childhood education. Um, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, I didn't mean this on, this on a fucking teacher. I, I always, I, Jesus. Always, anything, anything about that's always awkward for me because I'm like, I don't have kids. Mm, yeah. I know that's awkward No plan. you guys that have kids. But. It's, it's like, that sucks, guys. Anyway, um, not, not, <laughs> yeah. you guys figure out a plan. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I didn't mean to get into education with you. Sorry. It was just like, it just tangented that way. Um, but let's talk about like, I did want to speak to you about like, how you view the intersection of feminism and porn in general because you know a lot about yeah. both those topics and I would love to hear how you see the two and maybe how you see, I guess, how they pull each other a certain way, if that makes sense. Like how do you see how they interact with each other, feminism and porn? Well, feminism and porn are both hated, right? Mm-hmm. Loved and hated, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that sex work in general, as I was saying, it transgresses the heteropatriarchy mm-hmm. and women who engage in sex work step outside of the bounds of acceptable female sexuality and femininity. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, just existing as a performer, I'm already transgressing like the mm-hmm. heterosexual economy. And, you know, women, we're supposed to we're not supposed to sell our sexual services. We're supposed to give our sexual services away for free, mm. uh, preferably to one man mm-hmm. who we are married to for the rest of our lives. Oh. That's what we're supposed to do. So, we're supposed to live a nightmare. Uh, we're supposed to live a pure nightmare. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, my God. I want to cry thinking about it, Angela. Okay, yeah, continue. Uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, getting into the pornography industry was a personal journey for mm-hmm. me. I wanted to express and explore my sexuality in a safe environment with supportive peers. And I've 
been able to do that in the industry, which mm-hmm. I'm really happy about. But I've also been able to express my feminism too. You know, I'm an mm-hmm. empowered woman. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I've been able to create my own empire mm-hmm. in this business and I've made myself financially independent mm-hmm. while doing something I find really fucking fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to, because you have your own production company, when it comes to another huge question about porn is like um, exploiting people in general. How do you ensure that I guess you aren't exploiting people on set? Like what are the things you put into place to make sure that you are aligning with your moral values as well as Mm. um, making your product? Yeah, I think making people feel comfortable on set to to be able to say no, to know that at any point they can say no to an Mm -hmm. act, they can say cut Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Having those boundary checklists and always having a pre-shoot discussion, so a Mm -hmm. pre-shoot consent discussion about what it is that you uh, would like to do within the mm-hmm. scene, um, things that you don't want to do, where you would like to be touched, where you would not like to be. Trigger words also, like if there's mm-hmm. anything you would like to be called or do, definitely not like mm-hmm. to be called. And that knowledge as well that at any point, if you've if you've consented to an act and at any point during the scene you change your mind, mm-hmm. that's totally fine. You can yeah. cut and we can switch things up. So I think that's – and as a performer, because I direct and produce my own content mm-hmm. as well as perform. So when I'm working with another performer, I'm very aware of their needs because mm-hmm. I've done it myself and I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So even like little things like making sure they're fed – making sure they have water, making sure there's breaks if they need to have breaks. The temperature is actually a big thing. Like I've been on sets before where I've been really freaking cold. So like I'm always very aware of like how's the temperature? Oh, my God, yeah. I get some hot hands. Yeah. You know those hot hands packets I have on set? (laughs) Sexy. (laughs) But like put it on your poussoir for a bit. You're like, sorry, just a bit cold in here. (laughs) What each nipple. Uh. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, like even like the physical environment would be difficult to get right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, like just general things like, you know, paying people's rates, making sure that they're being paid yeah. well. Um, well, can uh, I ask sure about money? Yeah. I know that I'm not going to ask how much money you make because I feel that's really rude. And also I'm sure it changes <laughs> every day um, because you do so much stuff. So I'm not going to ask you how much you make, but I am going to ask what's like a standard rate of someone like entering the business and does it go up? Oh. Is it like a, is it kind of like when like influencing, right? Where you go, well, someone can have, a hundred thousand followers and someone else can have the same amount, but they can charge different rates because of different things. Is that kind of the same in porn where you kind of freelance or is it like you go with an agency and they choose? Like what's the situation with money? So difficult to give you a standard or an average, Mm. Um, especially because um, self-publishing platforms like OnlyFans mean that, you know, it really is the age of the performer. Mm -hmm. Um, Performers are making more money than they ever have before. Mm -hmm. And, they're going to be making more money on their self-publishing platforms like OnlyFans than they are on set. So it's actually, in a way, it's great now when I'm performing on set because I know everyone really wants to be there because they make more money being at home. Right. Um, So, (laughs) you know, everyone's passionate on set. Um, So... So I don't know in terms of, I, I couldn't tell you what the go, like the rate is for someone new coming in yeah. at this point. 
I can tell you though that obviously performers do get paid more based on the labour. Okay. For example, like uh, anal requires more labour. It's more Mm -hmm. labour intensive Mm -hmm. than vaginal. Don't I know it? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. I've had to have a break from anal, babe. I've had to have a big break. I'm like, I can't be fucked. Like no one deserves that much effort from me. This current moment. You know what I mean? I love that for you. Yeah. yeah well, actually, hate it for they me. Have to, they have to earn that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like a whole day. It's like Metamucil and it's like, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, you have to start the day so before. much preparation. Oh, my God. And then I'm like, what if? Yeah. The, and then I'm like, oh, my God. Then it's the fear of maybe shitting on someone. And then, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I'm sure porn stars have more preparation than I do. But like, even the minimal, I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I'm glad they get paid more for, people get paid more for anal. Fuck me. Yes. And, and you get paid more for like, more people in the scene. For example, you're oh. going to get paid more if you're fucking two guys versus, you know, or if you're doing a gangbang, like the rate is going to go up. And if you're, but if you are one of the gangbangers, not a bangee, do you get paid <laughs> less because there's more of you? Or do you get, like, is it you're doing less work, like labour, like it's labour divided, like more, like many hands make light work? Vibes or is it No. Um, no. So the male performers in a gangbang, they will still get their standard rate. They, their rate, their, their rate doesn't decrease because they're right. doing less work. And I actually, to be honest, they're not doing less work in a gangbang. In, in, they might be doing less fucking. Yeah. But in a gangbang, they're all going to be working. Right. Mm. They're all. So like in a gangbang where you've got double anal mm-hmm. or double vag or triple penetration, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of skill necessary mm-hmm. to get into those positions mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's easy enough to get the dicks in there, but the bodies, you know. So the soleil kind of vibes. Big. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like leaning back and putting yourself in positions that are uncomfortable. So yeah, they, they definitely deserve, <laughs> deserve what so they get true. paid on gangbang day. So it really yeah. depends on what kind of how much labor you're doing, and it also depend on who you're working, who you're working for. Obviously, I'm sure you can get ripped off pretty easily in porn. Um, so most people, okay. So there's some performers are with agents, and so mm-hmm. obviously the agency will do the negotiating for mm-hmm. you, and you will kind of have your your standard rate for mm-hmm. say a girl girl scene, a boy girl scene, mm-hmm. a boy girl anal scene, whatever it might be. So you'll have your standard rate, and that won't really go up or down right, okay. based on like what company you're working for. Right. That'll be usually the same mm-hmm. unless unless for some reason you're working on a huge project that's going to mm-hmm. be longer hours and, and your agent negotiates like a, a higher price for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't have experience working with companies at, like I, I had an I'm with um, Mark Spiegler. He's my agent. So I don't have experience self-booking because before I was with Mark Spiegler, I was only shooting for my own production company. Right. So I don't know. I don't can't speak to what it's like um, right. self-booking. Right. Okay. Of course. So, okay. I had another question and my ADHD has decided to put it into the ether. One sec. It's on my, it's on my notes that I wrote this morning at breakfast thinking about <laughs> you and your, and your glorious, glorious face. Ooh. I know. Oh. <laughs> Meet your glorious face. Your like glorious, <laughs> succulent face. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you about. This is what it was. It was this. Okay, it's actually not a funny question, everyone. Stop fucking okay. laughing. <laughs> you can't tell me that. 
I'm gonna laugh. Stop fucking laughing. Okay. Um, no, okay. The question I had was, I think uh, I, when I posted this question, asking what everyone's issue is with porn, another thing was that the performers, the women are exploited. And obviously, like you said about the violence, that wouldn't be true in a lot of cases. But how can we tell as viewers if it's ethical porn? Like how can we ensure that we are consuming ethical porn? Because I love porn, but... Sometimes I'm like, oh, God, is this good? But I think when I saw you last time, I told you that I um, I pay for Joanna Angel's. Um, yep. Yeah, so yep. I, that's how I do it. I just pay for Joanna Angel's stuff because I'm like, I know she slays and I also know that uh, it's it's ethical, right? So how can we yes, know for yes. sure? Okay, but circling back, I just want to mention when people say things like, oh, the women are exploited, it's just inherently sexist mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like – what do you mean the women are exploited? So the women are exploited, but the men are like kings because yeah, they're these, getting to fuck all these women. Yeah. Like wh- why aren't I a queen? Cause I get to fuck all these men. Yeah. Why am yeah. I exploited? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sex. Yeah. I can't love sex as much as a man. Yeah. Probably more. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> just had to. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, by joining someone's OnlyFans, for example, you're, guaranteed that it's ethical, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're the ones Mm self-producing. So they're the ones booking their collabs, choosing who they're working with, setting it all up. So that's a great way to know Uh that you're paying for ethical porn. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the thing is that like the LA industry in particular is such a business, you know, it's everything is done by the books. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got like a consent list, a Mm pre-shoot discussion. It's all very ethically done. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's pretty easy nowadays to to make sure you're consuming ethical porn. And, you know, Googling always is a great option yeah, just, if you're trying to, yeah, like join yeah. a website. And, right. And actually like following your favourite performers on social media because they're going to be promoting the content that they're of proud course. of and that they've enjoyed. So that's always helpful. Of course. That's a really good strategy to actually see what they're, like what you post, links that you post are never going to be ones that you don't feel proud of or that you aren't, that you're exploited by or that you feel yeah, aren't exactly. very good. Right. Okay. Speaking of OnlyFans, I've had mixed reviews from friends and also podcast guests who were sex workers about mm. OnlyFans. Before you were like, you know, it's good being on set because, it, you know, everyone wants to be doing a, a porn shoot rather than doing an OnlyFans themselves. What's your view, not even like morally, just personally, how do you feel about OnlyFans versus doing traditional porn on like a site? I love both. I mean, they're, they're very different. Hmm. Well, for me, I, I I love OnlyFans. I love producing my own content, but I also love shooting for studio porn because I love being on set with a big crew. I mm-hmm. love the camaraderie. Um, I I like the glitz and glam. Mm-hmm. I like being in makeup and I mm-hmm. like all the lights. Shooting for OnlyFans is a lot more uh, low-key and amateur. Mm-hmm. And both both have their uh, benefits. Both are a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's like me doing like an Instagram story versus me going on to the Masked Singer set. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. I get it. Yeah, you're like sometimes I want to be low-key and sometimes I want to be with a big crew and have a, a little crew family. I get it. I so get it. Yeah. Um, so another big question that I got, it's okay if you, you don't want to talk about it, but a lot of people ask about um, your love life as a porn performer. Is that okay to ask about that? 
Yeah. Not so personal, I'm never personal. very Yeah, I'm not super specific about no. things, but I'm, yeah. So I'm, I like, when I date people, it's always open. Yes, it's always okay. Like open relationship. Okay, but I want to ask yeah. this. Okay, here's okay. my question. <laughs> okay, so. Obviously, I'm an open bitch. I always, I'm, I mean, I don't think I'll ever be monogamous ever again. When you're dating people, or, or do you know anyone who's in porn who is monogamous? They would say they're monogamous, but they are fucking only on porn sets, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. I feel like yes, that is. Absolutely. Okay. And how does, I mean, can you explain this to me? Are you ever like that or are you open, open, like fully open? Yeah, I'm fully open. It feels a bit complex for me. To be like, oh, only if a camera's rolling. And it's like, well, can you film it and then say we didn't use that footage? Like, what are the rules there, you know? Well, I guess every couple's going to have different rules. But I think of the couples that I can think of that do have that kind of arrangement, it's, yeah, they're monogamous. And then the only time they have sex with other people is while the cameras are rolling. Um, But it does get a little bit tricky with OnlyFans because OnlyFans is very intimate and all you have to do is... You can just have sex and just put the camera, like a little phone up and be like, eh, yeah, totally. Content. But it's true. It's as long as you made money off it. Okay. So as much, because I'm actually talking to someone who has an OnlyFans account and um, he's, I mean, everyone knows about it. We're literally planning on doing <laughs> like a work trip because he was like, I only fuck you. I have a girlfriend, so I'll only fuck you if it's on camera. And I was like. Oh, if I do that, like I want to make the money off it. Like I was, I was like, if I, I was like, if yeah. I'm doing that, I'm calling up my girl Angela and I'm saying, "Hey, babe." I thought I was going to be your first. I, oh. I know. That's the other thing. I'm going to LA. I'll pop over to LA on the way, doll. I'll come. I'll come over. Okay. okay. Hey, Queen, wear small hands, and then. Okay. <laughs> um, but he was like, I can only fuck you on camera. And I was like, well, that sucks again because A, Angela's booked in and B, um, <laughs> And B, I, I genuinely just, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make money on, I'm making my own enemy fans. And he was like, yeah. well, we have to make money somehow if we do it. And I was like, well, I have a podcast. Maybe we should edit this out actually because I don't want to ruin the surprise for the listeners I'm telling Angela. So we're going to, isn't that amazing? Nice. I know. Love that for you. But his girlfriend's asexual. Mm. Isn't this bizarre? I was like, I love this modern romance. Anyway, back to the questions for you. Um, so maybe it does work with an asexual person being with somebody like on totally, totally. I feel like maybe I don't know. He's very hot, but uh, OnlyFans. So, so you, uh, 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 I had another question about OnlyFans. Sorry, my ADHD is rampant recently. Oh no, your love life. When you're when you're open, do you feel like is it hard to meet people that you? Not that want to date you, but that you want to date. Because I think that everyone assumes like um, with like people in like media, like they're, they're like, oh, like it must be. And it's like, no, like I don't find very many people are like up to what I want to be with and who are actually confident enough to date someone that has more money than them and that is more successful than them. Do you find it really hard to meet people that you like? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine. And how do you counteract that? <laughs> yes. Give me uh, some tips, just- tell. Well, luckily my work schedule is so insane. It's so difficult for me to date anyway. Like that's the Mm. biggest barrier for me is like Mm. having time for Mm -hmm. someone else. Yeah. Um, And that's usually the reason nothing goes anywhere because I'm like, oh, I'd love to see you in a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I recently met someone. He was like, can I get dinner? I was like, yeah, we can tomorrow night. And he was like, I can't. And I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. This is in September, like six or something. I was like, that's fine. Um, My next available date is the 21st of October. 
And he was like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no, like, genu- like I was like, no, like, look at my calendar. And he was like, no, surely not. I was like, yeah, babe, we can't go on a fucking date. Are you joking? I'm busy as shit. So you yeah. go through that shit as well. Yeah. And also like, okay, when it comes to shooting, I'm always up early because I need to be, I need my beauty sleep. I mm. need to be in makeup. Mm. We shoot so that we have natural light. Mm-hmm. And in LA, everyone wants to go out at like 9.30, 10 p.m. Like that's when we're going oh. out to dinner. And I'm like, uh, I need to be in bed at this point. Yeah. So my lifestyle doesn't even kind of fit in with a dating life. Do you, do you want dating life? Or are you, are you really content with what you're doing? I'm pretty content. I mean, yeah. it's nice. It's exciting yeah. to date people, but I'm also pretty happy with what I do. And I get great sex at work, so it's not yeah. like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on a lot. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes um, society in general, particularly when women um, are above the age of mm, like 19, everyone's like, when are you getting married? Why are you by yourself? Why are you alone? <laughs> and it's like, isn't my amazing career and my perfect tits enough? Like, is it like, 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 when does that become enough? You know, they're more than enough. (laughs) (laughs) But so, but so I I guess you don't really struggle dating them because you, um, you don't really feel the need to date and you don't really, you're you're happy with content with how you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have great vibrators also. What's your favourite vibrator? There we go. What's your favourite kind? Are you an insertion queen or are you a clitoral queen? You know, I used to love to do both, like one on the clit and one inside, Mm -hmm. and now I just couldn't be bothered, like, cleaning up. So, like, (laughs) I've... Shoot, I've issued the internal, and now I like I'll just use a vibe like over my panties, so then I don't like just don't have to. Tidy no, up, it's like. too much. <laughs> You're like honestly, it's not worth the effort. It's not worth the effort. Yeah. Um, so I want to. I'm sick of cleaning dildos. No, honestly, I, every I day on next to the kitchen sink, you're like when jerking like, off like, a dildo just, in the sink in, in, in like your pajamas <laughs> in the morning. You're like, yeah. And my dog is looking at me like, mommy. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, fuck, here's your breakfast up. And my PA comes over. The other day she was like, there's, oh, there's a bag of stuff that you need to put away. And I was like, oh, okay. Like usually she'd just like hang it up on my, like the back of my bedroom door or something. And I was like, oh, it's weird that she hasn't, like not that I care, but I was like, oh, I wonder why she won't touch it. Like I was like, why would she touch it? And I opened it up, three used dildos that I, that I, that I just put in there like as like a laundry basket. You know what I mean? Like just, just to clean. Just to clean later on. Um, come so, fermenting, sorry. Yeah, that's come fermenting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's all. Yuck. Um, so throughout your career, Angela, you've had a, a huge, wonderful, amazing career. Have there been boundaries that you've either had to add in or get rid of throughout your time? Or have you just always kind of done what you want? Well, I've always done what I want, but I have always had boundaries as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but my boundaries are like, it's like, just don't hit my pussy like it owes you money. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Step one. Like, yeah. just don't smack it really hard. Why that's kind people, of it. I mean, I know some people are into that, but like what some I people think are into some it. people are really into it, but I'm like, I feel like maybe like there should be a, like a request form put in if someone's going to do that to <laughs> me, like in like a sexual moment. You know what I mean? Well, it actually does feel good to... To tap it, like a light tap, because it brings the blood to the surface. Yeah. But people just get really excited and just like 
smack it. And I'm like, whew. Some girls do like it though. I've had requests okay. in scenes that, and girls being like, please smack my pussy. And I'm like, you're like, sure. but maybe you <sighs> like, build okay. up to it. Like, you know, you just start a little bit slow with the tapping first. Yeah. <laughs> but even like, I don't know, there's like, there's a threshold that once it's past that threshold, I'm like that, I'm just, mm. no. <laughs> yeah. Right. And is that yeah. your only boundary is don't, don't say pussy like it owes you money. <laughs> It's written in a neon sign at your house. You're like, everyone, just to remind my, my life mantra is don't suck my pussy like it owes you money. Like it owes that you is money. the title. Yeah, she opens the front door. She's like, welcome to Angela's White House where there's no reason to suck my pussy like it owes you money. Okay? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, my boundaries do change day to day. Um, it just depends. It depends on my mood. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm really in the mood to just get railed mm. and choked mm. and spanked. And other times I really would like to you to make love to me. And so I'll just, I think in porn, we're so good at communicating our wants and desires. We have to be because mm. to have an enjoyable day on set, you really need to be able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. So I will just communicate what I'm feeling on the day. Maybe I should incorporate these consent forms into my sex. I could be kind of hot sitting down with someone and being like, you can finger me four centimetres internally. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed to use your pinky. No pinkies, only two fingers. I'm a size queen. Well, I like to get fisted. Me? Me? Only one finger, the biggest size queen in the world. Um... Well, Angela, I fucking love you. I'm obsessed with you. I love, I love you too. following Instagram, I love talking to you. I love watching your porn. It's just like I could just consume you all day long. <laughs> I could just consume you all day long. It's a bit fucked to nom, say. Nom, nom. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> you are hot. fucking amazing. Are there any final words for our listeners out there about where to find you, what they should be watching, how they should be paying you for your amazing content? Give, give us your pluggables. Definitely join my OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. You can just find it on AngelaWhite.com. Mm-hmm. Just go there. It'll take you there. Um, that's probably the best thing to do. I mean, Instagram, I'm the Angela White. The TikTok, Angela I'm White. Angela White. Yeah, the Angela White. It's going to be in the show Instagram. notes too. So. It'll all be in the okay, show notes, great. baby. So, yeah, mm-hmm. check the show notes. Hmm, what else could I say? What should they be watching? I mean, I think mm-hmm. they should be watching whatever they want without shame. I'll say that because I think a lot of people do have guilt and shame mm-hmm. around the porn that they mm-hmm. watch or that they enjoy and um, life is too short. So true. So true. You're amazing. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Yay. Thanks for having oh me. Thank you. <laughs> Listener.